You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to the Celtics blog podcast. I'm Chris Grenham, not Bobby Manning. Bobby Manning is channeling his inner Ricky Rubio abroad in Spain for the semester, so I'll be filling in for him. And with me is founder, CEO of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso. Nick, what's up, man? Yo, Chris. How are usually, you? Uh, yeah, usually we're at the garden or the practice facility. Here we are now uh, in the studio, man. That's this right. is fun. That's right. Should be fun. Should be fun. Faces so we, for radio. Faces, <laughs> for, faces radio. for radio. I've been told that many times. Uh, <laughs> so there's no shortage of news today. So I think we might as well just jump right in here. You and I have spent most of today together at uh, out in Brighton at the facility, and it was kind of an up and down day. We started. We'll we'll look at it in a sort of timeline effect here, if you will. So we get to the facility around noon, and news of Jabari Bird's arraignment starts to come out. Obviously, this occurred almost a week ago, last Friday afternoon. Uh, a lot of you know alleged charges here on uh, in a general domestic abuse case, uh, but all the details really came out today. So we get there, and uh, the arraignment occurs, and he is accused of you know basically trapping his girlfriend in his apartment for four hours, and some pretty disturbing details that we really don't need to get into so what were your initial reactions here and some of that stuff probably i'm probably the same as yours and everybody else's i mean it's just shocking having been around him last season in a limited capacity when he was up from or down from maine right uh he just was soft-spoken and really nice and and you just never know chris you don't know what's going on upstairs and yeah um you know it's just it's a real shame it is disturbing i don't think it's it's worth reading the report of what he did, but um, yeah, man, it's it's really upsetting, especially when it's one of ours. You know, yeah, you, yeah, you always hear about it from other organizations and stuff, and obviously we're not directly involved in the situation, but it's closer to <laughs> no. us because we're we're you know we're around the team a lot, and and it's it's shocking. I think a lot of people the shock factor is there because, like you said, Jabbar is a well-spoken kid. A lot of people spoke highly of him. I spent a decent amount of time with him in Vegas uh, at yeah. summer league this past year, and he was always. Very well-spoken, really nice guy, and very personable. So, again, it can be anyone. But I think one important thing to look at in this whole situation is the statement that immediately came out from the Celtics. Uh, yeah, which well, was handled well. Handled really well. I, I'll read it quickly. It says, uh, most importantly, our thoughts are with the victim of this incident. The Celtics organization deplores domestic violence of any kind, and we are deeply disturbed by the allegations against Jabari Bird. And then it goes on to the team working with the league and – what have you. But I think that's important because this has been an issue across professional sports for the last couple of years 
in terms of how organizations deal with this. When a player of theirs or a person within their organization is charged or involved in a bad case like this, it seems like no one really knows how to deal with it. I think the Celtics took the right step here and obviously cited their thoughts immediately and, with the victim. And without hesitation, I mean, if you look at their brethren in the NFL, I mean, there's been disaster yeah. after disaster in that yeah. area and cover-ups and just really uh, the NBA, the Celtics in particular, are as transparent as they possibly can be. And they, right. they, they, they really do things thought out. And I'm not just saying that because we have the privilege of covering them. I'm saying it because we're around them. So we see how they how they react to things. And issuing that statement really almost simultaneously as the news hit was and, – and immediately going to, you know, the girlfriend and the family. Right. right. Just classy. And, I mean, you, you know those guys. I know them too. They are in real life. They are classy people. I, I feel that that – that that statement is absolutely sincere. Yeah, I 100% agree. And you spoke about the NFL, and I think that's this statement alone is a prime example of kind of why the NBA is on the come up and and yeah. trending upwards, and the NFL is going in the opposite direction because they're handling things with full transparency like this. And you know, the, yeah, and the, the NFL, NFL is, is handling things like the Trump White House. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Just not, <laughs> just not not well in any in any way, shape, or form. That's a whole other discussion. That's a whole- Wrong uh, podcast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so that was that was disappointing. And, again, you know, he – so now further details since we left the facility. He will be – he is out on bail. Uh, so he left the courthouse, and he'll be under supervision of Jalen Brown's mother and his high school coach. So, obviously, him and Jalen Brown were very close. They lived together last year while Jabari was in Boston. Obviously, he spent a lot of the season in Maine with the Red Claws. But when he was here – him and Jalen did live together. They played a Cal together, so they are close. Um, it's interesting that he'll be living with Jalen, or he'll be supervised by Jalen's mom. It was interested the court shows that. I don't know. What are, you, what are your thoughts about that? Did you did you do any research into his family situation? I did not. I did not. That would be an interesting thing to look into, considering why they didn't bring in Jabari's mother or father. Again, I know nothing about his family situation, so that is definitely something to look into. Um, but I think... For the time being, at least, this is just for the pre-trial process. I know his next court date is October 25th, so it's about a month My away. birthday. My hey, 40th ha- birthday. Happy birthday. We can, spend, <laughs> we can spend the day at Brighton Municipal Court. It'll be, oh, no. <laughs> It'll be great. Yeah, um, yeah so, so that was the news. But then we transfer over to a bit of happier news and looking up with the Boston Celtics. Before you move on from Jabari, so he's yeah. clearly going to get cut. It, that would, yeah, that's what it looks like. I think, you know, that combined with the team um, bringing in Marcus George's Hunt the other day from Minnesota for a workout, I think... Who they really like. They really like. He played in Maine. He he spent training camp with the Celtics in 2016, so it's he's actually a familiar face. I think that really helps a lot. Um, but from a sole PR standpoint, I mean, you can't have a guy like this on your roster. You just can't. No, I, I, clearly he's not mentally stable either. Um, no, in no way, shape, or form. Yeah, it's just, it's a shame. Now, will the Celtics get salary dispensation? That is, that's a, that's a whole other discussion. So I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people, at least I was noticing on Twitter, people responding to the Celtics statement is, oh, so you're not releasing him yet? Like, what the hell? They're still working with the league, and they have to go through the league office and work with the league as they investigate to try and allow them to void their contract. You know, obviously that is something that is going to take a while. It's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. 
I mentioned uh, to you at the Auerbach Center, I don't believe they vo- the, the league allowed the Celtics to void Len Bias or Reggie Lewis's contract. I remember contracts. you saying that, yeah. Maybe it, Bi- Bias never actually, I don't yeah, he did sign. He did sign. He died the next day. Right. So I wonder. I wonder if that contract ever kicked in. That's a good. I know Reggie's. Reggie's definitely. They had to, yeah. to deal with that. I mean, this is obviously a different situation, and right. there's different commissioner, different. The different, CBA uh, is totally evolved. Yeah, CBA is different. Yeah. And I mean, it really has not many implications except for luxury tax. That is right? the main implication for the Celtics. Yeah, they want to try and void that so they don't have to pay him the one point two whatever it is this year which can really help them avoid the luxury tax. Also, another interesting part was Jabari did release a statement uh, to Mark Spears from ESPN after he left the courthouse saying, I'm taking some time away from the team as I deal with my legal and medical issues. I apologize to my family, the Celtics organization, my teammates, the fans, and the NBA for unnecessary distraction that I have caused. The information that has been released does not tell the full story. I do not condone violence against women. I am hopeful that in due time and process, I will be able to regain everyone's trust. So I don't know if that's really him trying to get out in front of it and saying, you know, I'm stepping away from the team before you can release me. I don't know why his lawyer would allow him to say anything. I thought it, and there was also a picture of him online in front of a bunch of reporters. And I was looking yeah. at that like, what? There is nothing good can come from that. If you're no. in his camp, whether you're his attorney Whatever. Um, agent, whatever. Yeah, it's just, it's kind of a peculiar situation. But I'm sure until the league investigates, the Celtics already said they're not going to release a comment. Um, so they'll have, you know, plenty of stuff to do there. But, he, I, what, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and ironically, and it was pretty, I was talking to, to uh, D'Amico today, and mm-hmm. I said, you know, do you think that they planned this press conference to coincide with the arraignment? And he said, no, no, this was, meaning the Gordon press right, conference. He right. said, this was prearranged for weeks, and it just so happened because clearly, I mean, they wouldn't really want the reporters at the courthouse, right? Exactly. So most of the reporters were in Brighton at the Auerbach Center, right? To get court. And, Otherwise, yeah, you yeah. probably all would have been in Brighton, right? Yes. You know, and, and before we move on, I mean, let's to better things. Let's just move on to better things now, Chris. How great was it to be back? around the team, even though I think awesome. I, I saw awesome. to see Al and Gordon was great. Yeah. Just to see the PR staff was great. It was great. It's awesome. Cause really, except for a couple sporadic events, you know, those Arbella home court events and stuff over the summer after summer league, it's just like, there's nothing. It's the NBA's dead period. So it was great being back around the beautiful facility. I know it was your first oh, time wow. at the court today. What was your, what'd you think about wow. the place? Pretty, oh not too God. shabby, huh? <laughs> I mean, when you walk in the the lobby and there's those like just ginormous murals of the Celtics legends, oh, yeah. and it's and amazing. then when you get up the banners, I mean everything, and you know you could they did a really good job of uh, making Red feel present, even right. though he obviously isn't present. I mean, it's not just the Auerbach Center in name; mm-hmm. they brought the tradition of the team there, which which Red obviously uh, he's the patriarch. So yeah. I loved it, man. I can't wait to. To, I mean, you cover most of the practices for us, but I can't wait to cover a couple with you. And yeah, training camp will be fun. Training camp will be fun, and that's a great luxury alone for the team. The fact that they don't have to go down oh. to Rhode Island, which I know bothers luxury somebody. for us too. Oh, trust me, yeah, yeah, trust me. It's it's phenomenal that no one has to go down to Rhode Island day in and day out for that week. So so that'll be great. It's a different setup this year, though, so it'll be interesting because all the preseason games are front loaded so training camp starts they have a game two days later which is kind of insane and then they jump right into it but either way a luxury to have that state-of-the-art facility 
And today we got to see Gordon there for the first time, oh. which was like unbelievable. We now we we realize he does in fact have a pulse. He's here. He He's, could walk. He can walk <laughs> without crutches. He was there. We that even got to look, we even got to see him in his uniform. By the time well, we and, and let me ask you. I mean, I was there. Last image of Gordon in a Celtic uniform was was that, that horrific injury and. I really, when I saw him in the uniform today, it, Im- it immediately brought me back yeah. to that. Yeah, it was it was awesome. I mean, and he, you know, through the press conference and through the press scrum, he just came to, like, he was almost like trying not to grin. It was like a kid who kind of knew something was going well, but he didn't want to act overzealous, so he's trying not to smile. I thought that was, that was awesome. He said he feels basically 100%, obviously, some things will take time, like that immediate burst once you get back on the court. He's played five on time, five on five, excuse me, four times in the last two weeks. He seemed confident. He seemed ready to go. Yeah, I mean, and Gordon uh, over the years, I mean, he's been pretty soft spoken and not yeah. very animated. Not yeah. not the most charismatic character today. He was animated mm-hmm. and, like you said, trying to hold back the grin. I think because it, it's got to be so strange. I mean, we the Celtics basically acquired Gordon Hayward this summer, if right. you think about it, exactly. right? So yeah, because other than dealing with him last fall, in the early, early fall, that was it. That was it. And yeah. so the other takeaways, I think, were, you know, we, we did our, our video reports from from uh, Brighton at the facility. So if you want to see the practice facility, go to Celtics Blog or CLNS Media yeah. or the YouTube channel. It's all over there. So is Gordon in uniform. Um, but being – where was I going with that, Chris? <laughs> Being, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Gordon's back. He's 100%. It's, I, I mean, I think the bottom line is is my biggest takeaway from oh, this. Oh, I know where I was going. No, no, I know where I was going. <laughs> I know where I was going. My biggest takeaway was him saying it, it doesn't matter if he starts. I was just going to say, comment on the exact same thing. And, and Goodman... You know, of course, who was on our video today, which is where I got all that from, uh, where I got confused. But he said, "There's no way Gordon's not starting if he's capable of starting," and that's probably the case. It is, yeah. But, but the fact of the matter is, hearing that makes me. It kind of takes. Uh, yeah, well, of course it's important, but it kind of takes. There's a little, and I'm a Kyrie guy. I think you know that, but there's a little bit of selfishness that surrounds Kyrie, mm-hmm. and to see one of the Celtic stars displaying openly displaying selflessness which we know Brown does it and Tatum does it, but to see one of the big three doing it, yeah, it feels good. It's setting a, ten, it's setting a, a tone for the season. And right. the other thing Goodman said, not to jump all over here, but, oh, yeah. but I, I thought was interesting. You know, Hayward, the third option on this team. Jason Tatum is really the second. That's Kyrie, Tatum, Hayward. I mean, that's crazy. That wild. means Al is what? The fourth option. I mean, yeah, and and he would. And Sports Illustrated says he's the oh, best player on the Celtics. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's a big segue. But but it's it's wild to think about the sacrifices of minutes that some of these guys are going to take. But like you said, it's pretty apparent with this group that they're willing to do so. If it's going to get them there in June, then they're willing to do so. Terry Rozier has said it. Al Horford has said it. Marcus Smart. They've all said it this off season. That they're Brown, willing Jaylen to has sa- said it. exactly. Jalen has said it. They're willing to sacrifice minutes for the betterment of this group. They know the potential that they have, and they're not going to be able to hit that potential 
if they don't sac- if the Warriors didn't sacrifice some of their minutes, they wouldn't be nearly as good as they are. It, it, you know, it takes that. I I've been wa- I've been watching I've been covering the Celtics for ten years, watching the Celtics for thirty years. I'd have to say this is the deepest team I've ever. Yeah, I think deeper than that '86 team. It's cra- They could they could easily run twelve deep, which is crazy to say. And Brad would do that. <laughs> and he would do it well. And he would do it really, really well. well. So it's it's exciting. The depth alone can get you really, really excited for this group. For this group, excuse me. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But let's let's move to that segue real quick about Sports Illustrated. So you're done with Gordon. You don't want to go anymore into Gordon. I could. Well, I could spew about <laughs> Gordon forever. Me and too, man. I think one. You know what? You're right. One more thing about Gordon. Let's. I think people forget how good he really is. And, you know, obviously that happens when a player's gone for a full season. That's just natural. But his last year and a half in Utah, he was legitimately one of the best players in the NBA. He could get to the rim with ease. He could stretch the floor. He's super athletic. And I really think people forget that. And I think they're going to be, when he hits his stride, say maybe 20 games into this season, I think they're, it's going to take longer. They're going to realize I'm being really optimistic here. I yeah. think they're going to I think they're going to realize like oh man, like this guy can really play. It's it's dangerous if he can get back to his full potential. What's dangerous and worth mentioning is going back to the third option. So we're talking about one of the best players in the NBA 2 seasons ago and now he's the third op- offensive option. Now, of course I'm I'm concerned a bit about his explosiveness and I think that he will get that back, but what really concerns me is Gordon is an underrated defensive player. Right. And if he doesn't have that lateral movement, if his foot is not – you know how defense can be. Yeah. Footwork is is really important. Yeah. So I think defensively he may be a bit of a liability initially. Right. And he kind of noted that. He said some things are going to take some time, like that first step, like that lateral movement. And that comes as he gets more comfortable. You know, he had his ankle blow out. Obviously it's going to take him some time to get comfortable Dude, again and – that was a, we all saw it. That was a serious <sighs> injury. You were there. I, mean, I was you, fifty were, feet away. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. the. It was one of. It was I. You know, Gordon said today he hasn't gone back and watched right. it. I haven't either. I've never seen it. I've only seen it in person. Yeah, there's no my, don't, don't. my takeaway from it from that is, or what I remember most is when he went down. Everyone knew he turned his ankle, but he didn't make any noise until he kind of looked at it and yeah. saw it. And then he let out this wail that was uh, – I still could feel it and hear it. So – but let's keep it positive. I can't wait till the dude gets on the court hey, and, like you said, show everybody exactly the player that he, right. he has been in the last several seasons. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm, last I'm, year. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Now – According to Ben Golliver and Rob Mahoney, he's the 25th best player in the NBA. Now, granted, let's let's do a little a little you know note before we get into this discussion. This is like a basketball nerd's paradise. It's a deep analytical dive <laughs> into these rankings, and it's not for the stat heads, the guys that just look at points per game. So if you see Al Horford ranked 16th and Kyrie Irving ranked 17th. Maybe you want to scream at the top of your lungs. I think a lot of people do. But 
note that it's a deep analytical dive. So what are your thoughts on that first thing, Al oh. Horford being the highest-ranked right. Celtic on this yeah, list? Yeah, I'd have to say that it has to relate to health. I mean, I can't think of anything else. I mean, yeah. Ky- Kyrie was you know missed the last, what, 20 games of the season, missed the right. playoffs. Al was – it was probably between Al and, and Tatum – for the MVP of the team last year that, that really went deep into the playoffs. So I'm an Al Horford guy. I mean, I'm the first to jump to his defense on Twitter. And, but with this one, it's a little tough, even with the injuries. Because, yeah. But then again, Chris, this I was going to say Kyrie is, a, is an impact player in W's and L's. But last year, I mean, Kyrie was out. Every time Al Horford touched the ball, he didn't have to shoot it. He didn't even have to give the assist, right? But something good happened when he touched the ball. Yeah, that's how important he is to the Celtics. So does that give him the right to be? I mean, I think Kyrie's top ten. Like, yeah, really. I mean, that's another. Yeah, you got to look at it. And say, hey, are there really sixteen players in the league that are better um, than Kyrie Irving? I highly doubt on. that. But if you look at what they're valuing here, you've got you know one of the best defenses across the league last year in in Boston and Al Horford is the leader of that defense he was ranked atop that defense last year and i think in terms of a really high functioning offense he was right towards the top of that too like you just said when he touched the ball good things happen he has a positive net rating so if you're deep diving into those stats defensive and offensive he's going to be up there and then also you could look at like you noted on too durability and mm-hmm. Kyrie clearly hasn't always had that going for him in his career. <laughs> Never Al, Horford, <laughs> Al Horford always has. So I think that's definitely worth noting. But before you move on, yeah. again, going back to the depth of this team, going 12 deep, this gives Stevens the ability to rest Kyrie, rest Al up, because now it's getting to the point where, you know, they're going to have to start conserving Al's minutes going into the playoffs. We know Al kind of dogs it in the, right. the regular season. I hate to even say that because it's not true, and that's what fans He saves say. himself. He saves he himself. He saves him. He does Tim Duncan, right? So yeah. not to compare him to the legend. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, with the depth, they're think about, okay, we're going to rest Kyrie tonight. It's okay. We have Terry Rozier and Marcus Smart. Are you kidding me? I mean, the same thing goes goes for Al and Gordon. They're going to get a lot of time, a lot of rest, and I expect Kyrie to be in the top ten when SI puts out this list next year, or they've lost all credibility in the stand with ESPN. <laughs> That's right. So, we'll, well, yeah, we'll see where it happens next year. But, yeah, I mean, you touched on that depth again if we're on the Kyrie topic. I think – keeping Terry around, you know, thankfully they didn't trade him to Phoenix. The fact that they have him as the ultimate insurance policy regarding Kyrie's free agent situation and regarding his health, you're not going to find that value anywhere else. And a guy that you know can come in late in the game and be poised and not turn the ball over and get you some points in Rozier. And that's really important. So we're and he's in, a good, good, good locker room guy. Really Rozier good is a guy. Everyone great likes him. And guy. he's close with Kyrie. They're really mm-hmm. tight. Very, very and that's close. good that they're not going to be button heads over minutes this year because that's something that would cause a lot of issues in a lot of NBA locker rooms. It's so, so it's so overdone yeah. and I know we have to move on to the list and we're you know we're on a time we're, we're watching the clock here, we're up against it, but will will Kyrie resign? I think he will. I think if you're I, I not right right now, in my opinion, there's there's some room. There's a lot of wiggle room in terms of how he can get the most money throughout his career, obviously. And in this next five-year period, there's a couple options where he could sign short-term here in Boston and then maybe leave after that. If you're Kyrie, are you going to leave that situation to win he, immediately but he left, now? 
He but left he, a team that was in the NBA Finals. But he's under LeBron's wing there. Yeah. Here, he's he's with a really good group, with a really good coach, and it's a team rather than being it's him and LeBron. So I think he doesn't leave. I think in the future, I don't think he finishes his career in Boston. But I think he's You don't? No, I don't. I think he signed short term, and then I think he'll end up in New York later on in his career. It's just, to me, I, I call me old school, but what's more important? I mean, New York, the New York Knicks are the most overrated franchise in all of sports. <laughs> they suck. They have won, what, won two championships, and it was 50 years ago? They're in, they're I mean, in a pretty rough state as we speak. Right I, I, if, I'm, if I'm Kyrie, I want to be up in the rafters with Larry Bird and Bill Russell, not really with Clyde Walt Frazier. Hey, get him a title this year, and maybe and he'll end three. up coming back. It's, and maybe he'll sign real long-term. Well, honestly, there's, there's no question. If the Celtics get to the finals or win a championship, Kyrie is coming back. He's and, and here's yeah. And here's my thought on it. He has somewhat, in a very Kyrie way, he has backtracked from his original non-statements. You know, he said he wants, now finally he's saying he would like to to play for the Celtics for the rest of his career. Like, he's starting to say the right things a little bit. And the the, the big thing was covering that, that locker room last season, Kyrie was all about team, 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 because he was coming from the me, 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 LeBron. Right. So... He's in the perfect the – we just got done talking for 10 minutes about how unselfish Al Horford this and Gordon team is. Yeah. This whole team right. is. Right. So why would he leave that? He and was, he's only – he owns a jet. He's a half-hour flight to New York if he wants to. <laughs> yeah, he can go there as much as he wants. I don't think he has any reason to leave. I don't think he will be leaving in the near future. So, again, right. and, and this is – and this is another good segue into guys. He has so many good young players that he can develop alongside as he hits his prime right now. So he's got Jason Tatum, who, according to Sports Illustrated, is number 39 on their top 100 list <laughs> behind Ben Simmons, who's higher ranked than him. Oh, uh, well, he, they're going to put Ben Simmons in the rookie of the year hunt again this year. I mean, <laughs> because he's going to start trying to shoot with his opposite hand. Or, yeah. Like, listen, like, the, the the Tatum thing there is you, what you mentioned. He's what number thirty? What thirty nine? Thirty seven? Thirty nine? Thirty nine? But he's a second option on a team with I almost said Larry Bird with Kyrie Irving with Gordon Hayward yeah. with Al Horford. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Like, I really think this list has zero credibility. It's I a, like the authors. I know them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Again, uh, but I don't. Agree. It's that nerdy deep dive that's just so different than a straight up eye test rank and and. In their explanations, you know, they have great write-ups and stuff. Granted, there are I, – I don't agree with all of it. But they give <laughs> good backup and their values to their individual teams and that kind of thing. I'm sure Simmons is ranked higher up because he probably – obviously, they both mean a ton to their individual teams. But he probably will play a larger role on the Sixers this year than Tatum will on the loaded – Deep, I don't deep know Celtics. about that. I mean, Tatum was the number one option in the Eastern Conference Finals. I hey, mean, I, you have you do not. You're preaching to the choir here. I think in terms of overall game, Tatum is light years better than Ben Simmons right now. It, light no, years, no question. The only thing that T- Tatum still kind of struggles with is any sort Strong. of one-on-one perimeter matchup on on the defensive end. And I have he. I mean, he's 21 years old. Like he, he'll be fine. It's he's uh, 20. I think he's right? 20. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I just don't. That drives me crazy seeing him at thirty nine. But he's got to put on weight. I mean, I think that's Tatum's biggest 
and, yeah. and I've heard he's put on 10, 10 pounds of muscle. Dude, I haven't seen it at all. He's, I mean, he's, been, he, he's working out with the right guy. He's been with Drew yeah. Hanlon all offseason, and Hanlon mm-hmm. said he's been in the weight room a lot. And, and Kobe. And Kobe, and Kobe, which <laughs> is great. You've got Kobe with Tatum, and you've got Jalen Brown working with Tracy McGrady. So there's no shortage of legends working with some of these young guys. So things yeah. are things are definitely looking up. But, again, the depth is there, and it's we're looking well. And – to finish up these rankings, we've got yeah. Jalen Brown at 47 and Terry Rozier at 82. There was some gripe with Celtics fans about Marcus Smart not being in the top 100. He was right on the edge. But, but I mean, Marcus Smart means a ton to this Celtics team. I don't right. think he's a top 100 player Me in either. the NBA. But I also don't think that Al Horford should be ranked higher than Kyrie Irving. So, again, I agree. we, we return to that. But... Nick, you got anything else for today on, on our uh, – I do. Yeah. I got something quick I yeah. got to ask your opinion on. I mean, uh, okay, so Josue Pavone yeah. uh, this morning was going at me or yesterday. I can't remember which day. Who do you – I don't want to say fear, but who concerns you more, Philadelphia or Toronto? Toronto. I think Philly's going to regress a little bit this year. I think losing Ilyasova really hurts them on the defensive end. And I don't think they did anything to better themselves. In the offseason. Obviously, they have a very young team and they got older and they have more experience. And I still think they're going to be good. But I do think Nick Nurse is going to do a lot of good things with that new Toronto roster. I think Kawhi is, again, similar to Gordon Hayward. People forget how how good he is. I'm more concerned with them. I think Philly matches up rather poorly with the Celtics. Um, and, uh, yeah, bottom line, I think I think the Raptors are, are uh, more concerning. What, what's your thoughts there? I'd have to no. I would. I, I, I would. I, I. I. I would think the Sixers, to be honest yeah. with you, because I think it's so contingent upon Kawhi's mental state. Mm-hmm. You know, if he's going to come out and he doesn't have to, he's playing in a contract. But he doesn't have to play for a contract. Right. His signature is all but signed by you know on on the dotted line with for the Lakers, right? right? Yeah. So, and that doesn't matter if LeBron said if Kawhi has a bad year or another head case year, but LeBron still wants him. Magic Johnson is going to do whatever. LeBron wants to do so he's not like he has to go out and prove to the world that he's still a you know a top five player or whatever um so but Celtics always play terrible in Toronto Toronto's tough at home Mm -hmm. I never liked that matchup going back 10 years I didn't like it and I don't like it now but I just think it's just so contingent upon the mental state of of, of yeah, Kawhi, and, and he and he's. I mean, come on, dude. He stooged one of the greatest coaches of all time. Yeah, I, mean, I, I do. I do get what you mean in terms of you know his mental state and where he is, because obviously their their entire team, entire organization, is relying on that for the next. So how months. does an entire? Excuse me. How does an entire yeah. organization rely on a guy who they know is leaving? It's just like going back to Cleveland last season. I'm not you so know, sure he is going to leave, and oh, I'm not so sure leaving. he. If he does leave, I would take him to go elsewhere. Then I don't think he's going to go to the Lakers. I think if he goes anywhere in LA, really? I think he's going to go to the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't see him. I see the Lakers attacking the rest of free agency instead of him next year. I think there's better fits alongside LeBron than Kawhi. Also, you know, don't rule out a Paul George kind of situation in Toronto this year. Paul George went to OKC last year, and this right now he was supposed to be in a Laker uniform. That was like said and done. That was so awesome when he just said, no, I don't want to. It (laughs) It was great. It was great. But again, that all comes down to the relationship that he 
creates and that the organization creates with him. So it's up to, ultimately, in my opinion, the front office in Toronto and the coaching staff there to really create a good relationship with Kawhi. And people people don't realize they forget that Toronto is actually a great city. It's an awesome it's city. city. It's an awesome city. He just bought a house there. Kawhi bought a house there this past week. So, you know, hopefully things are going well because I would like to see him stay in the East. I think that would be a fun figure to have in the East. And I think... Uh, I think Toronto can do really great things because I'm personally not a big DeMar DeRozan fan. So I like Kawhi. I like DeRozan. And, I mean, I like him. I just don't like the way he plays compared to someone like Kawhi. Oh, right. I don't think Kawhi, I mean, give me him all day long. So All right, last question. Yeah. How, how many games does Luke Walton have as coach of the Lakers before Magic becomes coach <laughs> well, and basically be, LeBron is coach? That would be quite the turn. I don't know. I think this is a much different situation for LeBron. Because for the first time in his career, he's playing somewhere where the team and the organization is bigger than him. The Lakers are the Lakers. Way bigger. Way bigger. And I think he realizes that. And I, I hope. I hope so, too. And I think in terms of, he's LeBron James. He's the best player in the world. So obviously he's going to have some say in who comes in and who comes out of that team. But. I do think that he's kind of going to let it go and let the team and the coaching staff in the front office do their thing as much as he can rather than being in Toronto or he's just or I'm sorry in Cleveland just moving around chess pieces and telling Ty Lue what to do. I hope he lets Luke Walton go cuz I think Luke Walton is a promising young coach and I think he can do some good teams. I love teams. Luke Walton. I do too. I mean not just cuz he's a son of a Celtic, not no, a son I, of a I, <laughs> a son I, of a Celtic, yeah. not just but I just I've spoken to him one-on-one. Mm-hmm. I think he's a he's cool a really good dude. Guy. Yeah, he he's is. He's a good guy. He's a yeah. good coach. And I just hope that LeBron doesn't screw that up. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so, too. I hope he lets him. And I think he does realize the, the prestige and the history there in L.A. And, I, and hopefully that prevents him from kind of throwing Luke to the curb 25 games into the season, which we all right. know he's done in the past. So It's always good to end, end the show on a negative Lakers topic. <laughs> Having so. a Lakers topic. That's <laughs> no. right. That's right. All right, so follow us in terms of Celtics news at Celtics CLNS and CLNS Media on Twitter. Check out the CLNS Media YouTube page. And, Nick, I'll uh, talk to you next Cel- week. Celtics blog Twitter handle. Hey, Celtics blog, that's right. Are you kidding me? They Celtics are blog. the gold standard. The blog father, Jeff Clark, running the show over there. There's, but, nothing, and I, uh, there's nothing better. He's the best, man. Yeah, we'll the see best. you next week, Chris. This was great. Sounds good, Nick.